0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the river. Glad you're here on a beautiful summer day. Actually, summer comes next weekend, doesn't it? On Father's Day or right at that time. So. Welcome to the river. Today we'll start with our call to worship, which is Psalm 1. And I invite you to respond as we go through this. Blessed is the one who Or stand in the way that sinners take. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. And whose leaf does not wither. Not so the wicked. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of gathering for worship. We thank you that we can celebrate your goodness and that we can hear your word and we can pray to you. Heavenly Father, we just uh, want you to be lifted high in this place and the name of Jesus proclaimed us as the Savior, Lord and King. So come. Come, Holy Spirit, and work in our, uh, amongst us today, work within our hearts, our eyes, our ears, our minds, that we might receive all that you have to give us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, today, we're going to um, the songs that so we start with our, it's like we're at a campfire again and so uh, we include the kids in that and then they get to play their tambourines and everything so we start with this is the day I invite you to stand as we, as we do this is the day this is the day this is the day that the Lord has made that the Lord has
1: made we will rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad. Happy glad it is. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad it is. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day. Again. When he rose again, I will rejoice, I will rejoice.
0: hallelujah, praise ye the Lord. Okay? And uh, we'll go through that, and you can join in on that. And then I've got a river of life flowing out of me. It's just like being back at Living Springs camp, hey, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and whatever. Uh, and then thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. So we'll go through a, a few of those. Maybe it's better with Jesus.
1: The The B-I-B-L-E, yes that's the book for me, I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, the B-I-B-L-E, yes that's the book for me, I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, I've got a river of life going down. The to walk and the blind to see Open prison doors yes, and the can I'm a i
0: Spirit would work in our hearts that we would seek first your kingdom. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will take a shoot from the very top of a cedar and plant it. I will break off a tender sprig from the topmost shoots and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain heights of Israel I will plant it. It will produce branches and bear fruit and become a splendid cedar. Birds of every kind will nest in it. They will find shelter in the shade of its branches. All the trees of the forest will know that I, the Lord, bring it down, bring down the tall tree and make the low tree grow tall. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. What is that tree that Jesus, or that God would put on, uh, in the city of Zion in Jerusalem? He would put the cross And in the shadow of the cross, and we look at the allusion to that, and how it would point to what Jesus did, and how people of all ages, and sizes, and shapes, and backgrounds, all can come to the cross. And so, let's go into our mission moment, and just hear that too.
2: There's a real need for a good education in Chad. There are schools, but they don't always start on time. They don't have all of the supplies that they need.
3: Teachers go months without pay,
2: and so they'll strike. And there may be months when there is no school. The future for the children lies in education. Children need to be able to read and write to go further in life than what they offer them in the villages. Those who learn French have a lot more potential for a variety of different jobs, whether it's you know, medical, business, the world just opens up to them. There are a lot of kids who, who don't go to school, especially girls.
3: In the kindergarten, you generally will have roughly equal girls as boys coming to school. But as they progress, girls drop out very quickly because they're needed around the house.
2: They help with carrying the water, with preparing the food, taking care of the children.
3: Girls who go to school can be harassed, and the young men face no consequences for that. A teacher is not accountable to anyone for how he acts with the young women in his class. He might ask for sexual favors in return for grades. Girls marry very young, so even if a girl stays in school, she might be married by the time she's 16.
2: There are a lot of really valid reasons that people don't go to school. And yet, if they do, there's potential for them to better their life. Neither Nathaniel or I really had a vision for starting a school in Buda But without even thinking about it, what we had already started to do was to train our neighbor kids who were hanging out at our house.
3: So to teach children the story of creation, for instance, I would open a book and work through the story of creation with them. And I also want them to be able to read it for themselves. So I started informally teaching neighbor kids how to read. Since we first arrived in this village, the chief has been asking me to build them a school. So I said, well, I'm not here for that. My purpose was to share the gospel. And then he wanted me to start a private school. I'm like, well, I'm not really a teacher. I'm here to teach God's word. And then I heard what I was saying. I'm not a teacher. I'm here to teach. Oh, wait, I am a teacher. Maybe I should start a school.
2: We started a school in Buda Masa. It's starting with the kindergarten grade. They are learning all the basics you would learn in kindergarten or maybe the beginning of first grade in French.
3: We're educating a small number of children, about 50 kids right now in the kindergarten class. And it's amazing to see how much the kids have learned.
2: Once these children have learned to read, then they can learn to read the scriptures. They can read them in French, but also our goal is to teach them how to read in their own language. It
3: also gives us a a concrete relationship with their parents. So in every parent-teacher meeting, we're sharing the word. We're sharing the reason that we're here and sharing the hope that's in us. We found a Chadian Christian man who has extensive experience in teaching elementary school and he has moved his family from the capital city 200 miles to settle in this village and be the director of this school.
2: He has a a great personality and charisma, and really engages the children.
3: We're soliciting partners to come alongside and adopt aspects of this project. We need a school building, just something simple that doesn't have to be rebuilt every year, like our thatched classroom does. We need to put a fence around the school property just to keep cattle from walking through and dropping manure. It's not sanitary for kids to be playing in. Uh, we'd like to plant trees. We want to have garden space because agriculture is one of the subjects we will be teaching in this school as a part of our holistic community development. You know, we need a water tower if we're going to water gardens. We really need to build a director's house. They're living in a mud hut right now, and that's very vulnerable when the rains come. We have Fulbe refugees 200 yards away who have fled war in Central African Republic and have nothing. There's probably upwards of two, 300 children of school age and they have no education and they can't pay for it. We would love to have partners who come alongside and say, hey, we want to make sure these kids get educated. So we have great plans. We are really excited for the potential that this school has to change lives spiritually and physically, economically for the long term. With your help, we can make this happen.
2: Visit the school website at meb.org and partner with us in bringing hope to the community of Buddha
0: Exciting, isn't it? Just uh, wonderful. Exciting. Maybe, maybe kids, maybe some of you will grow up to be a teacher and you'll go to parts of Chad or maybe to Congo or maybe to Burundi or wherever and be part of a school. Maybe you'll just teach in Red <laughs> That too, as you follow God's direction for you. So, terrific, terrific. What a, what a challenge for us. And keep that in prayer. Want, keep it in prayer how we can, um, can support and encourage those who uh, go to Buddha Massa in Chad at this point and then beyond later on. The second Bible reading before our message is from Mark 4, verse 26 to 34. And I'm going to invite you to stand up. Everybody stand up as we read God's Word here, and uh, because after this Word there's a long-winded preacher. The preacher is going to be for a long time. So maybe you want to get stretched out first. He also said, This is what the Kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on the earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches... That the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. Lord Jesus, this is your word, your very words. And so we we pray that uh, as we spend some time looking into your word, you would Open it to us, and Holy Spirit, we invite you to come in and lead us into your truth, for your word is truth. Amen. You can be seated. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Well, have you seen the documentary? I know that some of you have, because you told me about it. It's a, a movie on YouTube called Sheep Among Wolves. Sheep Among Wolves. It's, it details the fastest growing church body in the world. Where would that be? In Africa? Is that where the fastest growing church is? Or in South America? Is that where it is? No, it's in Iran. It's in Iran. Now 20 years ago, all the converts to become Christians in that Muslim country were about five to 10,000 in total. But now, today, the church there is 800,000 or a million, just grown and more. Well, somebody's arriving. We've got a new motorcycle crew coming in April. No. Our text today, it's like that statistic that those words from Iran about the church are right out of these words from Jesus that it started small, but it's grown to be so big. So big. And it's marvelous. You'll have to watch that. It's called Sheep Among Wolves. Well, let's take a look at what our passage in Scripture says today. First, the Word grows gradually. As the seed is sown, the Word grows gradually, little by little by little. Now, have you been thinking that the job for sharing God's Word is all up to the pastor. Um, Some people have that idea. And I'm glad that I know many, many of you don't. You don't think that way. All Christians sow the seed of the Word. You know, it's it's a reality that pastors spend most of their time with other Christians. You know, doing Bible study or having other meetings or dealing with problems that are going on. And so we spend most of our time working with Christians. But who rubs shoulders with people who are not Christians, maybe, or those who are seeking hope? It's you. You, your neighbors,
1: your work, or classmates. And I get to join you
0: in this exciting work of being a light in a dark place especially during these days when it's been really hard to have hope um, and keep on going in the midst of COVID and so forth. Well, the sowing goes on wherever God's Word is taught and wherever it's proclaimed. In that school we just saw about, or in your places of work where you live out your Christian faith and you you get to rub shoulders with your classmates in grade 3 or in your workplace or wherever you uh, hang out God works. And the plant grows gradually as that plant develops. We can prepare the ground and nurture the plant, but the seed grows by itself. And we don't understand it fully. We've learned a lot more about biology and plants and so forth. But we still don't know sometimes it can fool us when it grows. I was looking into the history of our church, the missions that our church group as a whole have done. I was looking at the history of their work in China. How a family, this young couple who got married, Reinhold and Julian, killed them. They were married, and then just a couple of months later, they went in 1902 to the Honan province of China. But while they were there, the bandits came. And robbers came into their work. They were kidnapped. They were taken away and held hostage. Then, a number of years later, 46 years later, came the communist takeover, or turnover, with Mao Zedong and all of that. And they were forced to leave. But the word they planted... Busted. And the word they planted just kept on growing. Here's our new missionaries right here. They're coming right up. There they go. There were some who had who had been in um, their grandparents had been part of those first days of work in China, and they went back to check out what was happening in early in the 2000s. And they discovered that the word had grown in those places. In the Hunan province, it, the church was alive and flourishing. Those that were underground, if they could make contact, and those that were uh, more above ground or obvious, they too were at work. And we heard, you probably read these statistics too recently, that the church in China has over 100 million people. Think of Canada three times. And those are the Christians in China alone. God's Word, when it's carefully taught and nurtured, it lasts. And we're going to talk about God's work in Africa in a moment too. Now we sometimes get discouraged because the growth is so gradual, little bit by little bit, baby steps we would say. But growth is for certain. In Isaiah 55... We read that the word will not return empty, God said. It shall always produce a crop. So, on one hand, we can relax. When we have shared God's word, or we live it out, we can relax and go for walks with our neighbors. You know, our neighbors who don't know Jesus, we can go for walks with them. We don't need, some people are afraid, We think, oh, I'm going to lose my faith if I go for a walk with my neighbor. Don't be afraid of that. It's being a neighbor, it's being a friend. And God's love will carry you on. We can get involved with clubs. We have a friend who's got involved in, she has a horse and she has got involved with people, other people who have horses in here in the, in the area. And she's rubbing shoulders with people. One lady came up to her and said, you probably won't like me because I don't like Christians at all. She's going, oh, and then she said, um, I know you're a Christian, so I don't think you'll like me either. But they have developed a great friendship because neither one, especially our friend, has just gotten involved and keeps on sharing just her life, doing life together and, and you know, doing stuff with saddles and doing stuff with your horses, feeding them. It's all the same. No matter what you believe at that point. So she's had opportunity to give good news by her life. We let the word the word work as the Holy Spirit uses it. Here's something that you could... I should have put it up on the screen, but I didn't. But think of this. Anyone can count the seeds... In an apple. Can you say that after me? Anyone can count the seeds in an apple. One more time. Anyone can count the seeds in an apple. You know, there's maybe eight or whatever there are. Some of you bio, biologists would know better. But only God knows the apples in a seed. Only God knows how many apples are in one seed. Think about that. Because you plant a seed and it grows a tree, how many apples will that tree produce? It will just keep on growing and growing, and so much will be produced. So, the word grows gradually. Secondly, the word grows unnoticed. The word that might be used if you need another one is inconspicuous, it's kind of hidden. The mustard seed was a tiny seed, Jesus said. Very tiny. So it can be with the way we witness and point people to Jesus. By our attitude? Or by our encouraging word? A little bit of kindness? It goes a long way. And that might open the door to share the reason behind that encouragement, the reason behind the hope you have, all about Jesus Christ. The great and powerful of Jesus, they they didn't notice that anything was happening. They looked and they saw John the Baptist, and they saw that John was wearing camel's hair and eating honey and locusts and preaching. You should repent. And so they were focused on John, but then Jesus Canaan. He started doing miracles. He started teaching and his signs and wonders. He was feeding crowds and calming storms. And he caught the attention of the crowds and one told another and told another and told another. Then all the religious leaders saw it was a threat to their control. So John was killed. John the Baptist was killed. And then they focused on Jesus. But when he first started, they didn't notice what was happening. You wonder: Do people in our day know, recognize what's happening? Does Bill Goat Bill Gates, not Goats, Bill Gates, does he notice what the church is doing around the world, what the word of God is doing to change lives? I'm not sure. How about the rich in Dubai? Do they recognize? Notice the church. Unless it's breaking the law by meeting him. That might be. What about, what is he? The third richest man in the world. Elon Musk. He's the owner of Tesla. and All of that. And here's something that I discovered. I think his mother-in-law came from Saskatchewan. Can you believe it? So he's up there. Always got to get a Saskatchewan thing in for... Anyway. But I don't think he notices the church and what God is doing. Even Prime Minister Trudeau doesn't really notice what's going on. Like leaders like he. Or President Biden south of the border. Unless it has to do with a big institution like the Catholic Church, or or the Muslim leadership, or Jewish leadership. Then, they're noticed. You know who really notices? It's the devil. The devil notices when God's people are getting into the Word. The devil notices when the Word is being shared. The devil notices when God's Word is producing fruit. Just think of the attacks that are taking place on villages in, in Africa, in India, Pakistan. One of our friends his name is Greg Musselman and he works with a group called Voice of the Martyrs and here in a book called closer to the fire he has written about many many Christians who have suffered for their faith he used he lives in Edmonton used to be working as a, a, a sportscaster in the days of Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier and the Oilers but then his life was transformed by Jesus Christ and now he works and develop short films about what God is doing around the world and the suffering people face. Satan is aware of the growth of the Word and the Kingdom of God and targets his attacks through people against him. So inconspicuous is the Word's growth that we often aren't aware of it. We often don't see it. We look into the scripture, we see the disciples and we don't... Notice how they have grown, until we get to the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, we notice what God was doing, powerfully doing. But, in the ministry of Jesus, when the woman at the well met Jesus, she ran back to her village and said, Everything's changed. Everything has changed. Then Lazarus was raised from the dead. Zacchaeus, a short little man, came to know Jesus and he gave his money away. Change had come. And it made everything different. We know we can't see the Holy Spirit, but we can see the Holy Spirit's work. But sometimes we think about what is God doing in the hearts of people who walk by those who are addicted and struggling with that. And our prayers go up for for those who are friends who struggle with addiction or struggle with with, uh, hardship or illness. And we wonder, is the Word doing its work? Is our encouragement helping at all? Is God hearing our prayers? Well, let me say, God has made a promise to hear us And so, as we start to pray, the rudder on the boat is set. Hold firm, steady the course, and God will answer His prayer. The Word grows gradually. The Word grows unnoticed. Often, the Word grows impressively. You stop and you think, And you see how the world has been affected by what happened in that little corner of the world around the Sea of Galilee, around the Jordan River in Israel. God's Word has impacted the world. There's no greater, larger religion than Christianity in the world. Now, not all are on fire for God, but in name, they are Christian. And it made up, it's made up of all types of people. Some of you here, when you think of worshiping God, you're you're quiet and contemplative. You just like things kind of quiet. Then there's others who are loud and expressive. There are those who are artsy and like lots of dance and music. There are some of you who would rather just follow the book and you like order. Then there's our other. Who like free expression or somewhere in between. Some who connect to God best when we're outdoors. And later in, in July when many of the newcomers to Canada will go on a little camping trip. Some of you will connect most to the Lord in that. But others you love to be in a church building, in a cathedral. You might go, why don't we meet just up the street at St. Luke's Church in that stone church right there?
1: Oh, it's so beautiful. But others say,
0: Why don't we just meet in my house? I like the fellowship of being close together. No matter what, God's Word has done His work, and the Church of Jesus Christ has grown and grown, and many, many different people the worldwide church attests to the growth power of the Word. Over two and a half billion people say they're Christian. And some, they say that and face persecution because of it. Well, let's wrap it up here. And the, the Word will continue to grow until harvest comes. There is a harvest happening even today. You could probably share this of people you've heard that have come to know Jesus even this last week. As I was looking at numbers and everything, there's about between seven and 8,000 people come to know Jesus every day around the world. And that's not the ones that are born into the family. That's the ones that are told about Jesus and His love and His hope, and they're brought into the family of God. We will see a great harvest at the end of time. And in Revelation, Revelation chapter 7, it says, John looked, he says, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne, and in front of the Lamb, they were wearing white robes, And were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. There's a harvest. Jesus said, This gospel will be preached to all nations, and then the end will come. There's a family from Minnesota, the Revenies, And there was a single woman named Anna. They went to Africa, to the Cameroon and Chad, much of which, some of that area was called Sudan, in a a way, way back in 1921. And you know, they served God for years, and years, and years, and they didn't see anyone come to know Jesus. No one made a confession of faith. And they got sick with malaria, and they struggled, with a one person coming. And then, one. And then, more, and more, and more, and more. Amongst the Fulani people. Amongst the Wundam people. And suddenly, there were hundreds that were baptized. And we think of our churches within the Lutheran Brethren. In North America, we've only got 120 churches, maybe. But in Africa... I think we have 1,500 or 1,700 churches in just two small parts of the world, Cameroon and Chad, because God has done his good work. Want to come to me? Well, oh, you want to just be up at the front of me. Okay. That's awesome. So we should never discount the power of God's word. One last story, and then we'll end. Can you see this guy's hair? Can you see his hair? He's from the 1960s and 70s. And I want to see Jesse with his hair. No? No? <laughs> it's kind of funny. His name is Brian Rudd. He was a Baptist pastor's son in Saskatoon. Brian ended up spending more of his time on the wrong side of the tracks, you might say. And he got involved with drugs and alcohol and crime. He spent time in the, the wrong sugar shack, as he puts it. And he ended up in the Prince Albert Penitentiary. While he was in the penitentiary, you know, in the jail, Someone gave him a Gideon New Testament. You know those New Testaments; they're just just small. But he discovered. And I hope you don't get upset about this. But he discovered that the, that the paper
1: of that New Testament was just the right thickness for
0: rolling your cigarette. And he would he would he, he wanted to do that. But he, as a pastor's kid, he had more respect for the Word than that. So he would read the first pages of Matthew, and then he would roll it up and smoke it. (laughs) And then he would take the second page, and he would read it very carefully, and then he would roll it, and he would smoke. And it seems like, isn't that disgust for the Word? But he was really getting more of the Word than many people who just put it on their shelf. And he goes and he says, after he had read and smoked, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and he was just about to go into John. The gospel of Jesus Christ got a hold of him. And his life was changed. And when I met him, he was in Minneapolis as a preacher, as an evangelist, leading many, many people to know Christ, even though he came out of a bad, bad background. He said God used the most the strangest of things to lead him to read the word. Take it in. <laughs> Part of it's in his lungs even. But, you know, to have, have the word and to come to know the forgiveness of sins and then preach the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. That's Brian's story. Well, your story and mine doesn't have to be as strange. But the word of God grows gradually, little by little. It grows inconspicuously or unnoticed. God's word is doing its work in people's lives. Those who teach English to those who are new to Canada. Those who meet with, with neighbors and friends. Those who haul dresser drawers. Those who visit around town as they're recovering from knee surgery. Those who work at night with, with uh, in group homes. Those who take classes with others. Those who work in museums or or in engineering, those who are simply faithful parents. The Word of God grows gradually. It grows sometimes unnoticed, but one day we will see that God has been faithful to His promise and that His Word, that you have shared through your life and then your words, and your prayers has caused the life of someone to change dramatically. It's all about what Jesus and His Spirit will do. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at work in the lives of people through His Word. Watch out, Red Deer. Here comes the river. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. We thank you for your great gifts of life. And Jesus, we would pray today that you would help us to step out and, and be witnesses of grace and mercy and love and truth and hope to people who are neighbors and friends, new friends and All those who are around us, we pray that we would not fear building these friendships, but we would be blessed so that as the days go by, we would see that Your Word is powerful and that Your Word does its work bringing people to living faith and bringing people And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. this worship song that speaks about the goodness of God. Forever. So may you be blessed as you go into this week. Are there any announcements that we need to make? Oh, not not too much, I don't think. So have a wonderful week. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hi, thank you so much for joining us um, to worship with the River. If you'd like to join us in person next week, we'd love to have you come be part of that. Uh, and if you have any special concerns, just feel free to email me at herald at
1: Thank you so much, and we look forward to meeting you in person.